An old friend of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast comes on tonight to talk about the Arizona State Sun Devils who are going into this draft weekend, hoping to start their NFL careers. Please welcome back Connor Drios on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils, football, basketball, baseball, and otherwise. Thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app. You can also check this podcast out on YouTube if you would like to see a visual format. But wherever you get your podcast, make sure that you turn on notifications, like, subscribe, comment, five star, share, rate, all that good stuff. If you are on the Bird app, Twitter, of course, go ahead and hit me with the follow at RichieBrad36 and follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. This episode of the Locked On Sun Devils is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, Coming back to the Locked on Sun Devils for the first time in seven years, his former co-host, Connor Drios. Connor, so happy to have you back. I know that the fans are happy to see you as well, and we're we're just excited to pick your brain as our Arizona State Sun Devils are headed towards the NFL draft. Connor, thank you so much for coming back on. Oh, thank you. you. I'm sure everyone appreciates that. Richie, do you smell that? That I, I I'm nervous to to ask. It smells like old times. Oh oh okay. I, that is that is a good feeling to be back on your podcast. Thank you for having me. Always has been. Uh, it's uh it's really technically I, I was still on in the month of March, but just because of the the weeks, it, it's been longer than right four weeks. So uh, it, it's it's definitely been a long time coming in back on the podcast. Uh, just for this one episode, you know, every every so often. Uh, but now that we are in the midst of draft season, right? Draft day is today. Richie, we've been talking about the, the Arizona State Sun Devils prospects, where they could go, how high they rank, uh, and just where they could fit on an NFL roster for months. And as you know, like as they've gone through the offseason, you had the Senior Bowl, uh, you had the East-West Shrine Bowl, you had... Uh, the combine, which we had eight Arizona State Sun Devils, if I remember correctly. I think it was eight that, that got right. to go to the scouting combine. Uh, you've had interviews. You've had pro days. And, and now we've made it all the way through the first, essentially, wave or so of preseason. And we're now at the NFL draft. The NFL draft, where ASU is going to represent the Pac-12 with the most potential players to be drafted this upcoming season for the entire conference. That is a, a great place to be. Now, we're obviously, we'll, we'll kind of dive into all the potential prospects and where they could go, but I'm excited, man, especially even locally. Uh, Steve Keim, uh, Arizona Cardinals GM, has talked about uh, keeping some of the Arizona State Sun Devils in-house. So it. if we hear some of their names called, potentially on day three, wherever they end up going, would love, love, love to be able to keep some of those guys uh, in-state being able to watch them play football in the National Football League. And that's what we're here to talk about, Connor. So I'm going to... 
I'm going to turn over most of the podcast to you because everybody knows my feelings by now. I know a lot of people know your feelings as well with how much we've talked about it, but maybe the opinions have changed in the in the a little over a month that you've been gone. So let's talk Arizona State Sun Devils products. It all starts with Rashad White. Connor, it feels like White stock is just floating right in that top 150 range early, early day three. Maybe a guy who sneaks into the very end of day two. We the running back class is just so so fluid, I think is a way to word it. Because you have seemingly Brees Hall sitting at the top and then you have the Isaiah Spillers and the Kenneth Walkers, the Kyron Williams, the the Rashad Whites of the world and the order is just completely up in the air. What do you right. think about White? So it, it's hard, right? Like I I we talked to Rashad White. We got to watch Rashad White for 2 years here as an Arizona State Sun Devil. It's hard not to love him at the next level. Um, I've seen a bit of a pro comp, and and for anybody listening, some of you might love comparisons. But at the end of the day, like some of the, these guys are just their own selves. You know, like you can't really comp them to anybody. I have seen Rashad White comp to maybe a slightly smaller David Johnson, um, so that's an interesting, uh, interesting comparison there. Now, I, I I'm, I'm trying to remember. Did Mel Kiper have him as RB six? That way way right. back. Yeah, it was something like RB6 right. probably early this year, maybe at some point uh, towards the beginning of the season. I think is when we had discussed that. Uh, now, he here's the caveat. With every single player we're going to talk about, there's so many factors that go into where they're going to get picked. Right? It's not even just based on straight-up talent and, and skill. It's based on fit, right, and, and what a coach can potentially do with this player. So Rashad White at, at least seems to be a, a top-10 running back in the upcoming draft class, which may really mean a I were just talking off the podcast earlier this week about where could some of these running backs go and make a difference in year one. But to be honest, if Brees Hall is the first guy off the board, there's some places he could make a difference for sure. Buffalo, I, I think, is that that spot that NFL fans just want to go see to complete the Buffalo Bills offense, even though they've run a lot of it through either Singletary or Josh Allen. Uh, but then you get to, to some other backs after that. Ken Walker obviously does seem to be top three. Isaiah Spiller, I think, depending on who you talk to, might be RB3, might fall down a little bit. But in my opinion, Rashad White, it doesn't seem like he's falling. It just doesn't seem like anybody is as high on him as we are. Now, we're not talking to actual NFL scouts. We don't know what people think. But where can Rashad White go in his rookie year to make an impact? Well, obviously, he does a lot in the passing game. I, I still think he'll be able to give you some in-between the tackles, right, depending on the right situation already or if they already have a, an in-between the tackles kind of running back. And they want to exclusively exclusively use Rashad White as a pass catcher. I think that's going to be important. Uh, I haven't heard necessarily a ton about how he tested verbally, right, doing any interviews with teams. Uh, but I am excited for where he's going to go. If you talk to uh, at least a lot of the experts, or at least what I see out there on the almighty Twitter, it sounds like the fourth round is kind of his his bread and butter of where he could go. That's right now, you spot. had just talked about potentially sneaking in the back end uh, of uh, day two. So like the end of round three, maybe end up being a comp pick potentially. Right. I, I feel confident at least saying this Rashad white is not going to get drafted this upcoming weekend. And people are going to go, that's our starter. Rashad white's going to be our starter. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like if he goes and he's in some sort of timeshare, that's fine. 
let him show what he can do, right? Go through uh, all of your OTAs, go through your mini camps and, uh, and preseason. And the opportunity knocks for everybody at some point. I shouldn't say everybody, but at least for talented players like Rashad White. That door will knock. At some point, somebody's going to potentially get hurt. And Rashad White could have an opportunity to step up and be the guy, right? Part of that's going to be how his pass blocking holds up, what he has shown so far to a coach, uh, how hard of a worker he can be, those kinds of things. If I were a betting man, Rashad White's going to get drafted. I do Easily. not think I do not think it's going to be in the, the first two days. Uh, I would love it to be that way, but you and I both know the running back position is just so it's just it's it's valued so differently, right? Uh, what did uh, and, and forgive me, I might be thinking of the wrong prospect, but Ricky Williams, what's fun on time? What what draft pick was he? He was incredibly high, right? Fifth, fifth he was overall, the fifth overall draft pick. Now you obviously have seen some of those guys in the last couple of years. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I think, went fourth. Fourth. Leonard Fournette fourth was overall. also fourth. Leonard Fournette was fourth. Christian McCaffrey was like seventh or eighth. Um, like Saquon you have had second. guys. You have had, yeah, Saquon's a good one. You have had guys get drafted higher, but it feels like the NFL is just slowly moving away from that. So to say that Rashad White's going in the fourth, that would be nice. But if he ends up falling into the fifth, is it that surprising because of the value of the running back position? Probably not. But ever since that, I kind of stepped away from this podcast. I'm still just as as high on Rashad White playing in the NFL as I was before. Uh, he will probably not be a starter for somebody day one. But I think once he gets a chance to show himself what he can do at the NFL level, people are going to be pretty high on him as well. I I, I feel like that seems to be pretty fair. Every, everyone knows that we all love Rashad White on this podcast. He, he's a very talented guy. And, and again, we really can't emphasize enough. What he does for you in the passing game is special. He, he might be the best receiving back in this draft class, and a team is going to value that, which I think ultimately is what is going to place him a little higher than some of the other guys on this list and potentially get him drafted earlier than we might anticipate. Now, I want to rapid fire a couple guys for you real quick before we hop into our first break. I just want to round out the offense. Donovan West, Kellen Deesh. Deesh has seen his stock start to decline. Now, oh, I, I was going to say the opposite. See, and that's that's funny because... It's lying it's season, been, baby. It's It's been very fluid. Last night on the podcast, I was going through the, 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 the eligible Sun Devil prospects that were noteworthy, and Draft Network actually had him as a sixth-round pick right now, which is crazy because there was a point in time where he looked like he could flirt with top 100, but before we talk about Deesh, really quick, I just want your thoughts on Donovan West, particularly what we were talking about off mic before the podcast started. Guy can play in the interior, right? He's going to be able to play a center or guard either side for you, depending on the team need. Now, what we were discussing before we started the podcast, um, and I, to be fair, if someone's making an evaluation of a player, how much have they actually watched? Right? Are they just watching the All-22, which is definitely helpful, or are they sitting now watching full games? Uh, I, I don't remember who wrote the article, so I'm not going to out them as of right now, but somebody had said Donovan West is going to be lucky to get drafted and will more than likely be a free agent. Now, you and I have, have gone back and forth, and I think you already said the number, so I'm not going to disagree, but three and a half Sun Devils getting drafted, it's at least going to be three, easily three. Rashad White, Kellen Deesh, uh, and Donovan West, I feel very confident are going to be drafted, not just make a training camp as a free agent. 
Donovan West, Mel Kuyper had him as his number two center. I have not looked to see if that's changed. I don't know where he sits on anybody's top 150 or 300 prospects, but I'd be willing to bet that um, even if he ends up being a six-round pick. Okay, that's fair. I, I think at the end of the day, um, he might not be getting his fair shake, according to potentially at least one article. The dude's a very smart player. That has been talked about a, a, a ton as far as what Donovan uh Donovan West brings to a team with his football IQ. If it's set at the sixth round right now, I'll, I'll take he's going higher than that. I, I don't I don't think it'll be a day two pick by any means, but he will not end up in the sixth round. I think he'll go well before that. I would agree with you, especially because the interior linemen in the draft seem to be few and far between. There's a lot, there's a lot of like like low, low ceiling, like high-ish floor guys. And it feels like Donovan West is right in the mix there. Kellen Deesh, though. It feels like at, at the end of the day, I, I don't know if he can anchor an edge. I don't know if he's strong enough to be this dominant force, but he is technically very smart. Like not, not like the, like the technically correct kind of thing, like technically in terms of technique kind of thing, the way that he moves, he's very fluid. He's like a really good athlete. What do you, what do you think? Is this, is this typical lying season and he's going to be a sixth, seventh round pick or do you think a team's going to like the potential that they see here and spend an early round pick on him? I haven't seen anyone talk about putting him on the interior at all. Uh, so if he's going to straight up play tackle, tackle obviously being one of the most important positions in the NFL. Uh, doesn't mean he should be overvalued per se, but I think teams are going to fall in love with his athleticism, right? I was reading something uh, a couple weeks ago that I remember uh, since like 2003, players that were, I think, six foot seven and 300 pounds plus. I uh, have not had a Ford time faster than him. It, it was one other person. They, they didn't listen to the article. So basically what I'm saying is I, I feel like his stock could be a little bit on the rise just strictly because of his, of his athleticism. As you were saying, can he anchor an edge? I don't know, right? Not Italian evaluator. Uh, there's probably some people out there who can say, Kellandish, a potentially good player, but here's what he's got to work on, right? He's not some blue chip tackle prospect, but I think he's shown enough coming over from Texas. I think it was Texas A&M. If I remember correctly, um, right? Did he, he transfer from Texas A&M? I think. Oh, that I'm not 100 percent sure on. Don't quote me on it. Uh, we'll leave it in the I podcast, not. but do not quote me on it. Uh, I not. I, I think he's shown that he can play on Sundays. It, it's just, is he uh, some sort of swing tackle? Maybe swinging inside? That I'm not sure of. But uh, again, his athleticism, I think, is going to bring him a, a pretty far ways as far as getting into the NFL. And we will find that out. I, I do like his potential. I think you can't deny the athletic prowess that he has. We're going to see whether NFL teams agree with us or not. But that's going to wrap up the first segment. When we return, we're going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball and continue picking Connor's brain. This, of course, is the Locked on Sunnivals podcast. BetOnline.net is still your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Levels your first listen every day. There I am. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, but big announcement here for the first time ever. Locked On is hosting live coverage 
of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. Tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern, available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. Guys, with, with all the Sun Devils that are in this draft, you really can't afford to miss this opportunity to stay in the loop with all the Sun Devils that are going to be going off the board here. Speaking of Sun Devils going off the board, right back into this conversation, Connor, we're going to flip it to the defensive side of the ball. Let's start in the secondary where you've got the longtime starter, Chase Lucas, and the feisty, quote-unquote, baby Marcus Peters kind of guy in Jack Jones. I'll let the dealer decide who you want to talk about first. I'll start with the guy I think who's going to go off the board first, and that's that's Chase Lucas. I think as a, a technician, he's done very well for himself at ASU. It, it seems like the public opinion on him this last year wasn't necessarily a, a bad year, just more so inconsistent than what they've seen from him in the past. Uh, again, I think he's shown the ability to play on Sundays. It, it's just a question of uh, is he playing on the outside or is he going to be playing in the slot? I, I do think he goes off the board before a Jack Jones now, Jack Jones, you, you talked about him being a baby Marcus Peters. I'm going to emphasize the word baby there, right? Uh, dude showed some very good hands throughout his time with ASU. But he's like 5'10", maybe 180 pounds, probably a little bit less. Not that those I'd guys have to look at the. I'd have to look I think at the he's, combine. He's probably closer to like 175, 180 if I, were to, if I were to guess. But regardless, even if he is more than that, he's not the biggest dude. Not that you don't have the Chris Harris's of the, the NFL, but some of those guys are a little far and few between. Not to mention you also have some of the previous off-the-field stuff, um, and, and that has to come up with interviews, right? If teams are going to be interested in Jack Jones by any means, they're going to have to ask him about his past uh, and what what's going to bleed over at the NFL level. I, I think Chase Lucas will get drafted. I think, but I'm not going to say that one too confidently. I do not think Jack Jones gets drafted at the end of the day. I do think he potentially presents more upside uh, than a Chase Lucas. But again, questions with off the field stuff um, could potentially push him down the board. I do think he makes a training camp. I just don't know if I see him getting called this upcoming weekend. Yeah. And that was something I talked previously yesterday about Jack Jones is like, if, if he did not interview well, then I don't know if he gets drafted. If he did blow teams away and show them that he does love football and that the past is the past, as John Mulaney would say, then this is a fourth-round kind of talent. The, the dude has ball-hawking skills, he's sticky in coverage, and he definitely carries himself with this mantra of, I'm the best guy on the field. Chase Lucas, I don't know how high that ceiling is, but that's a high floor. That's a high-character guy and someone who can give you a little bit of everything because, like you mentioned, I think he could kick inside into the slot And I think that there's a lot of special teams value with Chase Lucas. So Lucas, I feel, is a shoe-in to get drafted. Jack Jones, I don't know because it's fourth-round talent. But if he did not interview well, then I don't know if he's draftable. But that that's just like the outsider's perspective. Naturally, the Sun Devil fan in me is telling you, like, trust me, you want to draft Jack Jones, or he's gonna make you look dumb. Like, guarantee it. But let's go up to the front seven. The the original like mascot of the Locked On Sun Devils, Darian Butler, Draft Network finally has him ranked. They have him 200 overall, 
firmly in the sixth round. Connor, I don't know if you saw the measurables. He's 5'10 and a half. So definitely, yeah. definitely undersized, but he does have good game speed. And he, he does have a healthy weight sitting at about 230 pounds. Unfortunately, I don't know if NFL teams are going to look at the measurables and be able to justify spending a high draft pick. And by high, I mean like a day three draft pick. I, I'm not sure if he gets drafted simply because of those measurables. Because you, you've had tons of great college football players. Like the first guy who comes to mind is Scooby Wright. That dude was an animal at U of A. But he did not have the measurables to play in the NFL and even though he was just an absolute terror in the Pac-12 for pretty much the entirety of his career with the Wildcats, he didn't stick in the league. And that that has me worried, not about Darian Butler's play, but about the way the NFL might view him. What do you think? Yeah, I think that size is going to come back to haunt him. Now, I'm going to say something incredibly profound. He's potentially Uh-oh. been undersized his entire life, and that's something he's had to overcome at every level. Right. You're not wrong. But obviously, once you, once you get to the NFL, some of those, yeah, I don't even want to say so much just a, a flaw, but a, a potential weakness, whatever you want to coin it. it. It He just has to be that much better at everything else in this game to be able to overcome that. I think at the end of the day, uh, at the NFL level, I'm not sure he's going to be a very good coverage linebacker. So he's probably going to be a, a two down uh, uh, specific type of role uh, as far as being a linebacker. Going to have to show he can play the run. And if he can do that, I, I think he finds a spot in the team. What he also has going for him, uh, again, a high character, team captain. I, I think teams obviously do value that depending on the organization. Uh, gun to my head, I don't think he gets drafted. But in my opinion, I think he gets drafted over more of a, a Jack Jones, I think. Um, Interesting I, take. I, as, of, as of right now. And, and again, like you had obviously talked about Jack Jones being a potential fourth round talent. I, I think that neither of these guys scream like NFL superstar, but again, can they get uh, can they get uh, a, an opportunity with the right team, be put with a, the right situation to show what their specific skill set can do at the NFL level? I, I think the opportunity is there. It's just a question of can they take advantage of it? I I agree with you. It's just unfortunate because the dude has the heart and he clearly has it between the ears. And th- this was when I was looking at the the draft network. One of the pr- one of the things they pointed out is like this dude is smart. He yeah. knows how to call a defense. And it's just again when you get to the NFL, unfortunately, a lot of times the measurements do matter because there's just guys who are so much bigger and stronger and faster than you. So I I, I just. It, it worries me. I'm not questioning Darian Butler. I'm questioning if the NFL questions him. Trayvon Walker is potentially going number one overall, strictly because Trent Baalke seems to love guys with longer arms. Got yeah. longer arms than Andrew Hutchinson. It seems like that measurable is just giving him an edge, potentially. So for ha, Giving him an edge. I see what you did there. I did not do that on purpose. Please never do that ever again. That's okay. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, speaking of defensive linemen, Interesting, interesting scenario here with DJ Davidson. So going to the combine does not guarantee you to get drafted and not going to the combine doesn't guarantee you to be undrafted. And I noticed that the draft network does not have actually, no, they might, they do have DJ Davidson ranked, excuse me, but, but not Tyler Johnson. 
but not Tyler Johnson. They also, I forgot to bring him up, did not have Curtis Hodges ranked. So we'll we'll loop back around to those guys. But as far as DJ Davidson goes, I I think it's I think it's reasonable to say me and you were both surprised when he had not only not only a Shrine Bowl invite, but also a combine invite. And it wasn't us slighting him at all. It's just we kind of looked at it like, okay, like we're happy about it. It just kind of took us by surprise. Now, is this going to end up playing out the way that we, we not so much thought, but the way that it, I, I, I don't know how to word it. You, you know what I'm getting at. Hopefully the fans know what we're getting at, but is, is Davidson going to get drafted? Because he is a big, strong body but I don't know if he stands out in any one particular area. That's the thing is it's not even so much a, a, a what's the phrase uh, jack of all trades, but master of none. He's not right. even so much a jack of, of a ton of trades per se. So it's not like it, it, he was quality at the uh, the college level, right? Like he wasn't just a body. He played well at ASU. It's just on the interior side of the ball. Not a ton of those guys present a ton of pass rushing upside. Davidson certainly does not break that mold, right? Um, I, I think that when the draft ends, if Herm Edwards is going to go out on a limb for any of his guys, I think if he has still connections in the NFL, DJ Davidson might be the first guy to go. I, I do still like Davidson's, um, potential to play in the NFL. I just don't see him as a starter. Uh, it's going to have to be a, a very situational kind of, a not so much pass rusher, but a, again, on the interior part of the line, he has to show that he can be a master of some sort of skill whether that is playing the run well. Uh, maybe it is getting to the quarterback at the NFL level, even though it seems unlikely. But as of right now, quality player in college, I'm not sure he does anything overly well at the NFL level, though. The one thing he does have going for him at his size, because remember, he is playing right around that 330-pound range, is that he could he could intrigue teams as a nose tackle because even though it's – I don't know if i call it a dying position, but it's definitely not no. – a position that NFL teams value. It's it's still a position that NFL teams want to have on their roster. And there are so few and far between like top end nose tackles that Davidson could get more than a few looks as one of those guys of like, eh, let's shuffle him in and see if we got anything there. So yeah. I I'm not confident he'll get drafted. I'd be surprised if he didn't, just because of that factor and the other thing is this is a this is not the greatest defensive line draft. It's very top heavy. After Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, and depending on how you view DeMarvin Leal, because he's such a tweener, it it's it feels like a drop-off because then you have a Fedarian Mathis, you have the kid from Oklahoma whose name I'm blanking on. It's 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 a lot of like who do you prefer in the defensive line? But Circling back around to those two guys that we uh, that we brought up that were not ranked, Tyler Johnson, Curtis Hodges. Let's start with Johnson. I he wasn't a combine invite. He wasn't a he wasn't a, a Shrine Bowl invite. No Senior Bowl. A very quiet offseason. I don't know if there is a NFL future for him, but I, I feel like teams might look at the leadership factor and at least give him an opportunity as like a quote unquote camp on him. He was the 
Was he the only Sun Devil as a, a first-team All-Pac-12 or just the only yep. one on the defensive side? Nope, so that, that's what makes it one. interesting. But for anybody that thinks that and will think, how did you not get a, 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 a combine invite? Well, just because you put up numbers in college does not mean you're guaranteed to do that in the NFL, right? That production is not the same across the board. It's the old adage of scout the player or not, uh, not the, what I was about to say, not the, the player, not the helmet, but uh, right. It, it's their talent versus just their production at the, uh, the college. Right. Tyler Johnson was definitely surprised to me not to get invited to, uh, to the combine, but this edge class seems to be super loaded. Not even so much with just a ton of top end talent, which it does seem like there's a couple guys up there, but a ton of depth, absolutely a ton of depth. So if, Tyler Johnson is the kind of guy that gets lost in the shuffle this year. Unfortunately, this just might have been the, the wrong, not so much wrong year to come out, but just he might get a little unlucky in that sense. Um, again, I think he does catch on uh, as at least a, a camp body. I'd be very surprised if he's not at least a camp body. I'm not sure how you finish your, your college career as a, a first-team uh, first Pac-12 team kind of player and not at least get some sort of invite. But along the same lines, I don't think he necessarily gets drafted. Uh, I'm curious if either of them do between him and, and DJ Davidson. I do think uh, Tyler Johnson has a higher ceiling, but if, as you had said, quite offseason, not getting a combine invite, I'm curious what, if anybody thinks of his actual floor at the NFL level. Well, and like we like we mentioned, just because you got a combine invite doesn't mean you get drafted. Just because you didn't doesn't mean you don't get drafted. So yep. who knows? Maybe NFL teams actually kind of took note of Tyler Johnson, the accolades that he racked up at Arizona State, and the fact that, again, this, this guy is going to give you 110%. So who knows with him? I Like you said, I feel like I'd be surprised if he wasn't at least like a camp body. Last guy I want to talk about before we head into our final break, Curtis Hodges. I made this comparison yesterday, not so much in terms of talent or like actual prospect comparison, but he reminds me his situation, a lot of uh, another Pac-12 guy, Washington tight end Hunter Bryant, where Bryant wasn't the most productive guy at Washington, but a lot of teams viewed him as that split out joker kind of tight end with the with the functional athleticism and the upside to be a really good pass catcher, but goes undrafted for one reason or another. And then he ends up undrafted? He did go undrafted. I know I thought he get I, I thought he got picked like not no. high, but I definitely would, didn't even think he was close to getting undrafted. Wow. No, remember, this was the same year as Thaddeus Moss. So they both went undrafted, and obviously Thad was thought more highly of, quote-unquote, because of the last name. name. But, yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, it just feels like that very similar situation of it's this flex-out athletic marvel who didn't produce in college do you do you draft him thinking that you could turn turn this big ball of clay that is that that is Curtis Hodges and maybe form him into some kind of starting tight end or is he just some guy you you make like a priority uh phone call to after after free agency or after the draft I should say I think he's the third tight end on the roster I I just I I do I I you know like when watching games together I do like Curtis Hodges did not necessarily just ball out at college, right? The, the offense did not tailor itself to uh, being so very pass happy through Jaden Daniels. So what did he end up having? Like 20-ish catches just short or something like that, maybe just over. And he had like 17, 18 yards a catch. Very yep. efficient, 
Uh, I, I think at six foot seven, teams are going to like that. But for a guy who probably does not run block very well, uh, is not exactly going to be the most uh, dominant pass catcher at the NFL level. I don't think he's he's devoid of talent, so to speak. Um, but you could be right, kind of in your your latter opinion, that someone somewhere along the way might have seen, hey, Curtis Hodges, don't think he's going to get drafted at all. Do not want to spend a pick on him. But when the dust settles, let's go ahead and give him a call, bring him in, and just see what we can do. Is he coachable, right? Can we put him in some sort of role where he can uh, just provide uh, some form of production? It, it's going to have to come in the passing game. It's just it's going to have to. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, it's sort of some uh, one-off plays here and there that people drop that he's just so happens to be involved in. I don't think he doesn't belong in the NFL. I just think he's a, a third tight end on the roster somewhere. And I feel like that's unfortunately a, a fair way to word it. And again, the, the marvel of this potential talent that he is is intriguing. I just don't know if it's mm -hmm. going to be enough. Let's hop into our third and final break. When we return, we'll go ahead and have some superlatives. All right, guys, we're back for the third and final segment now of this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We went over all the all the main prospects that are in are, that are in the 2022 draft for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Connor, I'm going to rapid fire some superlatives at you. So let's start with this. Give me three locks to get drafted anywhere. Three locks. Three locks I would take in some sort of order. Kellen Deesh, Rashad White. Uh, and Donovan West. I do think, I think five guys go somehow, some way, but those three guys for sure, there's no way they don't get drafted. No way. All right. Tell who gets drafted the highest. It's going to, it's going to have to go between Rashad White and Donovan West. Um, I think, I think it's West. I just, it's not that I don't value Rashad's white or Rashad White's talent. I just think running back, there's a lot of solid guys in the draft class that could just push him down the board if it's not the right situation for him. Who starts the earliest? I, I still think I got to go with um, probably Donovan West. Uh, again, whether he's starting somewhere, I, I at least think his versatility as far as being able to play anywhere on the interior. Uh, and potentially an injury to any one of those guys in front of him could lend itself to him starting. Give me your favorite team fit for any of the Sun Devil prospects. Hey, man, Cardinals need a backup running back. Cardinals just lost Chase Edmonds over to uh, Miami, and they have their Thunder and James Conner. How could you not love some of that lightning with Rashad White? How could you not love that? Would 100% love him here, not just as a, a current Sun Devil fan, but... Uh, I think there's an absolute need. Um, so for him to show his passing ability on this team would be lights out. Over under the first Arizona State Sun Devil being drafted with the 119th and a half pick. Is 119th and a half, is that uh, the end of the comp picks? That is. Or did, the, I, did I do math poorly? That's towards the start of the Four. fourth round. Uh, under. Under, under. Under as in they get drafted earlier. Yep, I think West sneaks in somehow, some way, potentially into the into uh, the end of the second or something. Or sorry, uh, end of the third. Okay, biggest or no? Uh, before before we get there, uh, 
who who makes the earlier impact or or if you want to word it differently who starts first uh we already did that one which i said uh donovan west just because oh, we uh, again yeah just because he can start potentially multiple positions on the interior if they view him as a center slash guard it, it just presents more opportunities if somebody gets hurt or you beat somebody out on a team i think that lets itself to him starting sooner gotcha okay uh i'm gonna try and do a little more prospect specific now uh, you're a GM, Chase Lucas or Jack Jones? Chase Lucas, I, I just, I value high character. I just do. Um, unfortunately, I think it's a bad look for the NFL. Obviously, if if any core off the field activity is reflecting of your team at all. Uh, I've seen enough of Chase Lucas at the uh, the college level, uh, longtime starter. I, I think he has some sort of role in the NFL. Uh, it could potentially grow into a little bit more. Kellen Deesh or Donovan West? Donovan West, uh, which is somewhat unfair for Deesh in just a loaded tackle class. I just, um, I, I've seen enough people rate uh, Donovan West somewhat higher, not so much on their board, just in terms of center prospects. And I've seen him play um, that I think Donovan West has the better NFL career. I don't know if I can think of any other like really fun, bubbly ones off the top of my head. Are there any that kind of pop off for you? Um, I was trying to think like maybe a potential like rookie of the year award, but there's nobody other than a, a Rashad White who could even win that. And again, that's very, very unlikely. Uh, what about uh, potentially last, last prospect to get drafted? This is assuming maybe seventh round pick. Uh, we're sitting at four Sunnibals prospects. Let's say that it's the three that we've talked about and Chase Lucas. Chase Lucas. So now who is maybe that fifth guy that somebody just has to grab before uh, they become a, a potential free agent? It, it's it's a coin flip between Jack Jones and Darian Butler, I think. I think so, too. I, again, I'll, I'll go back to the character and team captain aspect of Darian Butler. I think he does. If a guy gets drafted for a fifth guy, I think I would pick Darian Butler. Who, may, who makes the Pro Bowl first? Rashad White. I, I just think as a, a skill position player, um, I, I think I'll have the opportunity to pop a little bit more. Uh, you said Pro Bowl, correct? Pro Bowl, yep. Pro Bowl is still fan voting, right? Yes. Isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that's the case, people don't see offensive linemen per se. Uh, so in the in the defense of Donovan West or Kellen Deesh, people just don't necessarily know how well some of the tackles are doing. So I think Rashad White potentially getting people fantasy points, that's what they're going to recognize and be able to vote for him sooner. Who are NFL teams going to regret the most passing on? I'm still going to stick with Rashad. I, I think people are disrespecting him, even with a lot of other running backs in this class. Um, I've seen enough from Rashad to know that he's got it at the NFL level, right? No offense to a guy like Kyron Williams, who could be a, another stud pass catcher. I think uh, I've seen people rate him higher. I just think Rashad White's a better do it all back. Uh, like we talked about him being pushed up boards because of his pass catch ability. I think he's got more between the tackles than some other guys in this class. Too. All right. Last one I can think of. Who surprises the most? If he gets drafted, if, if, if. Jack Jones. Yes. I think it's the talent. Uh, and as long as there's an opportunity there uh, for a, a guy with uh, ball hawk hands like he has, I think he can make those plays. And it, a lot of people might be going, well, who's Jack Jones? Why wasn't he drafted higher? You understand maybe some of the background or maybe how he interviewed, you might get it a little bit. 
but if he does get drafted, I think he could be a, a bigger surprise. Any hot takes you want to throw out there? I hate to, to just uh, nail this one over and over. I think Rashad White's going to be considered a top three running back after this, uh, after their rookie year. I don't want to say the number one, because I think uh, based on pure numbers, a guy like Kenneth Walker, Reese Hall is going to get the volume in numbers. But I think based on talent, uh, Rashad White's going to be widely considered a much better running back than where he was drafted. And this this obviously is uh, top three from this draft class, right? Yes, correct. Oh, <laughs> certainly not in the NFL. Certainly, certainly. That's just that's where my mind went immediately. I was like, oh, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what happened to uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it, no, just in this class, I, I think uh, people will look at him and think, man, he shouldn't have been the sixth, seventh, eighth draft board. He should have been drafted higher. All right. Final question, and then we'll close it out. Three and a half Sun Devils drafted, over or under? The obvious answer there is over, but let's move it to four and a half just for fun. Put just, our feet just like to the Connor fire. Had. Put our feet to the fire a little bit more because three and a half is free money. Three and a half is free money, I think. Four is and a half is where it gets free money. As close as it can get. Now, four and a half, that's dicey. That is dicey. You take an over under at four and a half, Mr. Bradshaw. Four and a half. That is dicey. I think I'll take the over because you got the two linemen. You got Rashad, Chase. I, I feel like those four should be locks, in my opinion. In my opinion. Sure. And you might need I one guy. I do think, I think you got to take a shot on Jack Jones. You just, you, there are like, you, we, uh, me, me and some of our buddies on uh, around the 412 made this joke a lot, but Jack Jones is a dog. Okay. That, that, that is an alpha male on the outside corner. Yes. Yeah, a little chihuahua. Correct. No, no, no. Him him and Chase Lucas are the same size, man. So say what you want. I'll be a coward and take the under. Free money. I I don't know about free money. I think uh I think I think those four are pretty safe. From there, Darian Butler and Jack Jones are gonna make it interesting. Who knows? Maybe a team likes Davidson or Hodges. But Connor, it was so nice to have you back on the podcast. We miss you so much. Think about you all the time. Definitely want to get you back on here again. And obviously that will happen again, probably sooner rather than later, as I do want to hear all your opinions on where our guys ended up getting drafted. And who knows, maybe I can get you and Donnie on here at some point together and just share our conversations. So Connor, as always, thank you so much. This has been the Locked On NFL, or not the Locked On NFL, <laughs> the Locked On Sunday podcast. Yeah, exactly. I got a promotion. The Locked On NFL Sun Devils. How about that? <laughs> but thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms. If you want to go to YouTube and see us in a visual platform, or you want to hear me, if you if you want to just listen on Spotify or Odyssey, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, we're free and available Monday through Friday. It's the best Arizona State Sun Devils football, basketball, baseball content in the whole wide world. Do me a favor. If you haven't already, check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast next. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Just like the Locked On Sun Devils, it's free and available on all platforms. And until next time, guys, 
You keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.